Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. It's time for Batter Up, the definitive Atlanta Braves podcast with host Joe Patrick and Caleb Johnson, giving you exclusive insight into our Braves from Sports Radio 92.9, The Game. Here's Joe and Caleb. Welcome to this week's episode of Batter Up. I'm Caleb Johnson here with you on the week of June the 1st. With Joe Patrick. Joe, how's it going, man? Well, at least May is behind us, right? <laughs> the Braves, are, they, uh... it, it was funny. Mark Bowman was talking to last night to you know, in the, pre- the post-game press conference to Brian Snicker and the players, and he was catching them all by surprise by acknowledging that the Braves actually had a winning record in the month of May when they went 13-12, and 12, which everybody was surprised by that, especially after, obviously, the tumultuous weekend that we saw unfold. Um, that was kind of surreal, honestly. Um, especially that Saturday, we're going to dig into all of it here, but you know, what a, what a crazy in a bad way weekend for the Braves. Can't imagine things being much worse than they were that, you know, that Saturday night, especially. See, Joe, you say that. And I think back, uh, of earlier in the week last week where it was like, surely things can't get any worse. It wasn't right. necessarily, <laughs> wasn't necessarily how the team was playing. It was the Braves got some news or some not so news on Mike Soroka, which we'll discuss later, and on that Friday, you know, I think you and I texting back and forth being like, I mean, what is going on? This is just, man, between this news, between a broken hand or broken fingers from Marcelo Zuna, you're thinking, this cannot get any worse. So I am I am hesitant, Joe, to say that at this point because... Honestly, from what we've seen from the Braves this season, it can and sometimes most often will mm. get worse. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, you know, yeah, you know, that's kind of the the cruel like irony. I don't know. If I I don't. I never know if I'm using I, the word irony in the right way. But I got the you, irony I got of yeah. Marcelo Zuna already being out. The team trying to figure out how they're going to deal with him being you know two to three months away. Who knows honestly how long it would have come for him to him to come back from uh broken fingers for a hitter like that. You never know how something like that how the swing will kind of get back in action after that kind of injury. And then obviously what happened Saturday night, um, for anybody who hasn't really been paying attention to what's like going on. You were hiding under a rock. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, the reports actually came out. Like in The incident, there was a, uh, obviously Marcelo Zuna was charged with, um, I should probably have the proper ver- verbiage in front of me, but I don't. It was a, aggravated. aggravated assault, strangulation of his wife um, at their residence. It happened in the middle of the day, and on Twitter, there was... You know, it started to leak out. There was somebody had a picture of him um, in in cuffs. It looked like yeah, it looked like apparently whoever quote unquote reported on this was uh, must be a next door neighbor. Yeah, because yeah. they took the photo through a window, and you could kind of see this. You know, peeking through a window to catch and and I know Joe. I said something to you when you initially put it in our group chat that we were having this discussion. I immediately opened the photo and looked for a cast because it was like, well, he's got a broken hand. So this couldn't have occurred because he's got a broken hand. Mm -hmm. And then you see the photo and you see this bright neon yellow, like the sleeve uh, that that he's worn. And wow, that just popped in my head that I'm thinking there's about to be a promotion canceled by the Braves. Uh, but you see this this neon green yellow cast in handcuffs, and, yeah. and it's, so I I think to to kind of start this discussion, which anyone who has to have this discussion understands the sensitive nature of it, understands the fact that this is not a fun conversation to have in any form or fashion. I think it is necessary because it's it's what the Braves are dealing with right now. But that is, you have to, we're, we're going to separate, I, I believe, a dealing with the incident that happened, the horrificness of it, and then how it's going to affect the Braves. Because as much as it may seem insensitive to discuss contract negotiations and, you know, who takes over in left field, but those things, that, I mean, there's an interest that the fans have. Yeah. I mean, I totally understand that. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Well, and it is one of those that like life for the Braves does have to move on. Right. Right. After this happens. And so, um, initially just what, what goes on in my head is that, uh, we first received news about it Saturday night and it was in the middle of the Braves Mets game. Uh, at least that's when I first saw it. I don't, I don't know, Joe. Did it did it come out any earlier than that? I actually, I I, th- I saw the picture. So I was actually not. I wasn't working that day, so I wasn't paying as close attention as I normally would be. But yeah, I guess I saw it while the game was going on. But I guess the I, honestly, I wasn't even paying that close attention to the game. I was actually just flipped open Twitter and saw the picture. Um, and then yeah, I I just want to say you know. To kind of echo your sentiment, what you were saying earlier, it's like, we're going to have a discussion about this, but I mean, make no mistake that, you know, our first priority, I think when I saw, you saw when we learned about this news is you just feel so terrible that the situation happened, that people were hurt, that, you know, hurt physically and, you know, emotionally, you just hope that 
people can recover from this because it's a situation that is honestly heartbreaking. And as somebody who, you know, is in media, who's, you know, I've talked to Marcelo Zuna, you know, in press conferences or been witness at least to him, you know, talking with media and things like this. It's a weird, it's a weird, um, it's just, it's just, it seems surreal because you just, he's a happy go lucky guy when we've talked to him and he clearly is dealing with things off the field that, um, that kind of, I think, turn him into a, a different person or bring out a different side of him that we don't see when we're covering him in a professional setting. In a professional setting, he's always been um, really kind of lighthearted and um, willing to share stories and be, you know, laud his teammates with praise. And you, yeah, so it's just kind of shocking in that respect. But make no mistake that, you know, despite the fact that we're going to talk about some of the ramifications that this has for the team in terms of on the field, off the field, all that kind of stuff, you know, our, our our thoughts are just with everybody involved in the situation, and you just hope that everybody can move on past it um, as easily as they can. Yeah, I think for me too is it's uh, seeing the police report, seeing uh, what Marcelo Zuna has been accused of are kind of what I said earlier. I mean, these are truly horrific things. I mean, specifically laying out, uh, and and I think how it was laid out in the police report is actually going to be pretty helpful for how this case is dealt with in that it states the police witnessed Marcel Ozuna strangling and physically harming his wife. And so however they go about deciding to deal with that, uh, there seems to be some evidence. I don't know that we're ever going to get that evidence uh, as media, as fans. Uh, you know, I think, Joe, you mentioned kind of earlier a, a situation of is this going to be like Ray Rice uh, with the Baltimore Ravens, where we were able to see video footage? I don't yeah. know that we'll get any body cam footage, anything like that, but just the fact of this is what's been laid out for us, that he committed these actions and there were witnesses to these actions. Based on that information, I immediately jumped to, this is, un this is unacceptable. This is, uh, this is not how a... a not even just a professional, but just this is not how a man acts. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and so it's just it's extremely disappointing. And and I'm with you that the, the surrealness of it all is just like, what? I mean, this guy. But it also kind of, I, I think, too, kind of reminds you of anyone is capable of anything. And just because you think of someone in a certain light doesn't necessarily mean that's how they are in their personal life. I do think also uh, kind of moving this towards, you know, the reality of how it's going to affect the Braves. I will say this. I strongly believe we've seen the last of Marcel Ozuna in an Atlanta Braves uniform. I think it's highly likely we've seen the last of Marcel Ozuna in a Major League Baseball uniform just because what was laid out in that police report, although it has to be proven in a court of law uh, for the the criminal charges that doesn't necessarily that's not how it plays out in major league baseball where they can make decisions for themselves and we've had those examples in the past of players committing do domestic violence uh uh infractions and we never see them again mm -hmm. to go back to your point about the police witness being witness to this assault i mean that really makes it a unique circumstance that isn't uh, necessarily the case in a lot of other domestic violence incidents where you have, you know, it's more of a more of a he said, she said type of situation. And that gives sometimes the the accused party 
of being, you know, just having some, you know, there being some some darkness that can give them some leeway in terms of, you know, rebuilding their 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 image with another team or just kind of re- being able to restart things uh, like we've seen with some other players. It's going to be very hard for Marcelo Zuna in this case, like you said, because there was that police witness. Um, you know, it could get really bad for him if there is police body cam footage of the incident. It's going to make it even worse for him. And I totally agree with you that I don't see him playing for the Braves. You never say never, but I would put it at like ninety nine point nine 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 percent chance that he never plays for the Braves again. And again, like you said, if there's if there's evidence of this that people can see with their own eyes, it's going to be very hard for any team to have the, um, you know, just to be able to try to roster this guy, you know, and, and make that case to your fans. It's almost impossible. Um, it, it's just really, really bad. And I also just do wonder, you know, we've seen a report from The Athletic come out talking about his contract situation and whether um, the Braves might be able to void it and get their money back on, you know, past where, where we are now. Um, and that the article lays out that it is really well done by Ken Rosenthal and uh, David O'Brien as a contributor to it, saying that, you know, it's very it's it's not as easy as this guy, you know, somebody commits domestic violence and you just and you get out of their contract. Um, and in fact, it's the opposite. And in, in most cases, it's very you don't get out of these contracts despite um, this kind of behavior. But I do think that that the police witness thing is is one thing that is just very unique to this situation that doesn't exist in a lot of these other situations that they put forward in the article uh, as evidence of why the Braves might it might not be such so easy for them, um, you know, because the police witness you know that's going to make it a lot easier to potentially put Marcelo Zuna in prison. I mean, and this is like the kind of stakes we're talking about yeah. here with this. Yeah. Um, he could very well serve serve a prison sentence for this incident. Um. Which is just crazy, but if he does that, you know that would definitely seem like a difference in term for the, for the Braves um, actually having a legal you know a legal leg to stand on here. Um, it's just a crazy situation. So what will likely happen going forward? Major League Baseball is doing an investigation. I know a lot of Braves fans wanted him to be released immediately, and I totally understand that sentiment. I felt the same way. Like you know, I I totally understand where that comes from. But right now. What the Braves have to do is let this investigation take place, let some of these legal proceedings take place, and then they can decide where to go from there. Um, but what's likely to happen is that the and Major League Baseball will probably spend a couple months investigating this um, and and put out prob- almost certainly a suspension on Marcelo Zuna. I think that the suspension, just based on what we know from the incident um, and the evidence that they are likely to have because of their ability to just talk to the police that were witness to the situation directly, um, I think that we're going to see the hardest sentence that we've ever seen for a player um, in this in this instance. I think the I think the harshest suspension that we've seen for a domestic violence incident is one full season, 162 games, and I could definitely see them coming down with a suspension that's the rest of the season and next year and all of next season and whatever, but whatever the suspension does end up being, the Braves will not have to pay the con. That is an unpaid suspension served by players. So the Braves would be out whatever the is in the contract terms for the, the length, the duration of this suspension. So they will definitely be not having to um, pay him for the foreseeable future, at least, you know, for pro- almost certainly the rest of the season and potentially, you know, into next year, if not all of next year, um, but yeah, I mean, we'll we'll know more. I wish I could say more about it. I wish we could talk with it about more about this subject with more certainty. But honestly, right now, there's just still so much more that needs to come out. 
uh, that we just don't know yet. There was an affidavit that was released yesterday I was reading up on that I think WSB had reported on here locally um, that basically expresses the statements from um, both the accuser and the accusee of just what happened. Um, Just a a crazy incident that just escalates so quickly into something that never should happen. Um, It's kind of disturbing in that sense, but um, I would just, if anyone wants to know more about the case, just Google that stuff and I'm sure you can find it. But um, there's just so much more that has to take place before we know for certain what's going to happen with regards to his contract situation and his status with the Braves. Well, and here's one thing, Joe, that just kept circulating through my mind when the news dropped is here's one. Th- <laughs> this is it's such a messed up thing about the situation. The Braves have experience dealing with this before. Yeah, yeah. Because back in 2015, uh, or, or excuse me, I it was it wasn't 2015. I can't remember the year, but Hector Oliveira, who was a a big signing, uh, you know, defected from Cuba, signed with the Dodgers. The Braves traded for Oliveira, and it was a weird situation where like he was supposed to be the next big star. For the mm-hmm. Braves, even though I was reminded recently from someone that he was like 30 years old at the time, yeah, uh, which is actually how old Marcelo Zuna is. And Oliveira, to start up the season, they go on a road trip. Uh, he gets into some form of domestic violence altercation uh, with a woman and never plays for the Braves again. He serves an 82-game suspension, gets traded... Uh, essentially so the Braves can get a player and kind of offset some money. I think the the Padres were willing to put up the money up front for the Braves to take Matt Kemp and spread that money out over a few years. So it's it's one of those unfortunate and bizarre situations where the, the Braves actually have experience dealing with this same type of issue. And it's, I, I think... From the Braves organization, it's a weird situation where it's, hey, good to have the experience, but man, the fact that you have the experience and you're going through this again is terrible. And for the fans, for the fans who are once again, it looks like, robbed of a big free agent signing. Mm -hmm. Like, this is a guy brought in who we were all excited about who, you know, I, I think for this season hadn't put up the numbers on the field that we had expected having the injury the, the you know the broken fingers offset things even further to then add this to it i i feel so bad for the fans who are just once again going through this again the other thing was i think specifically and and i tweeted about this on saturday i felt so bad for Braves players who on saturday were essentially forced to in a in a roundabout way have to speak on an incident that they had absolutely nothing to do with that they had no more information than we did but with media looking for a quote uh you know and and I feel I feel for the guys who had to ask about it because it's a big issue going on but then even more so for the players who had to answer it's just it's a lose lose situation all around that's just kind of compiled a brave season that I feel like we're we're heading towards a I just want to forget this entire year. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It's it's almost it feels like a 
you know the culmination of what has been like a a, a season where the engine just cannot get firing and it's like the wheels are falling off at this point. I would do want to go back to the Oliveira thing that you brought up. He was arrested in 2016, um, and he ended, okay. he ended up being convicted of a misdemeanor assault and battery and served 90 days in prison for that. Um, what Azuna is being accused of is a felony, uh, and I, I think it's because of the strangulation and the, um, the assault with the cast. Um, so he's facing right now, you know, he, that, that's what uh, Oliveira was eventually convicted of the misdemeanor. We don't know whether... Uh, Ozuna will actually be convicted of a fe- of the felony that he's been accused with, or you know if something else will happen. And again, that's why we just kind of have to wait and see what happens there. But you know, Brian, Snicker was asked about this, and you know he said this like this is not like any like anything I've had to deal with. You know, I, he wasn't the manager at that time. Um, the players, I'm sure, so many of them, so many of them were not around in 2016. I'm trying to think, Freddie Freeman may be the only one who was kind of. Um, involved in that situation tangentially. So, you know, it's just one of those things where you, I I kind of wonder if something like this could actually be a bit of like a wake up call for some players, you know, just like, you know, when something traumatic happens in your life and you kind of reassess things, some, you know, it happens to all of us in various ways, not necessarily with like a domestic violence incident amongst like a colleague or something, but, um, you know, like something traumatic happens and you kind of, look yourself in the mirror and, and you kind of approach life or work or relationships differently or whatever. I do wonder if maybe that could, could come into effect here with some of these Braves players. And you know, when you look at Marcelo Zuna with what he was doing on the field, he had a, he had a zero war. Like he was basically a, a replacement level player so far this season. So um, you obviously were hoping that he was going to break out and become a more productive player on the field for the Braves. But um, in terms of what you're losing from the, from the lineup as it exists right now, you know, you got to say that it's not like you're actually losing a ton. Um, and maybe his underperformance is partially what has led to the Braves being, you know, underperformers overall this season. But um, it will certainly be interesting to see how the Braves go forward with this. I don't think they're going to make a splashy trade in the near term if they make one at all this season. I think that, you know, well, we can talk about this a little bit later. Why don't we actually, why don't we let this lead it? So, I want we can cover Mike Soroka. Brian Snicker yep. talked about Brian Snicker talked about Mike Soroka on Friday to MLB Network's Chris Russo, Mad Dog, said he was going to be out for the year. Um twice, I think he said in that interview. And then later later in the day, he's like, Oh, my bad, I made a mistake. He's not out for the year. I tend to think that Brian Snicker knew what he was talking about a little bit. He said when he apologized that he had just seen Soroka in the little scooter type thing. Um, and he just assumed. I I get I have the feeling that it's a little bit more than just an assumption that it, as the reason why he said that and he said it so kind of confidently. Um, oh no, and- I think this was definitely a situation where Mike Soroka's agent and team, uh, you know, around him, his camp, however you want to phrase that, was just like, whoa, 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 whoa! Like you can't, yeah, yeah. you you can't be putting that out there uh, before we go to the doctors and make this thing official uh, because I'm sure that affects money mm-hmm, in some exactly. way. Yep. You know, like all of these little things go on. And I, th- I think that was when I saw Brian Snicker apologize, I felt like that was, that was grandpa. Like that was grandpa <laughs> who just saw Soroka and was like, Oh yeah, that, you know, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, bud. that's going to be it. And then goes on and it's like, yeah, he's not going to play for us. And and then they're like, Grandpa, you can't say that, you know? Yeah. And it's like, and, 
Oh, oh, my bad, my bad. <laughs> and, and and Snicker as the manager is the one who would really ultimately have the final say as to like whether he's going to come in and pitch. And um, you know, Snicker is probably thinking yeah. to himself, I'm not gonna after he had exploratory Mm-mm. surgery on May 17th, I'm not gonna be putting him back out there, even if he is feeling healthy, you know, he's probably thinking in his head, like, no, like you're, you're like we'll we'll throw if you, you know, God bless you. Hopefully, I hope to dear Lord, you recover and become, um, you know, the same pitcher you were, but we're not going to risk you this year at all. Exactly. And, and so, and so that risk is kind of what I'm want to tie back to the Ozuna situation, but Mike Soroka here is involved as well as players that we're not going to see again for the Braves this season. And so to me, what Alex Anthopoulos in this front office has to figure out how to manage this year is how much risk they want to take in the it, I always call it the transfer window because I kind of have a background in soccer, but like yeah. you know, it's it is kind of the same thing. Like this trade, this trade window that gets really hot, this hot stove period that happens, you know, in July and especially in late July. How you know, first of all, are they financially even capable of bring of adding to the payroll and being able to bring in an outfielder that could take Marcelo Zuna's place or a pitcher who could take the place of you know Mike Soroka, who they know they know they're not going to get back this year, or do they try to like just keep on rolling? with some of these guys that they already have rostered guys like Bryce Wilson, you know, I think that with these two situations, they're, they're very different in terms of on the pitching side, you have players who have legitimate experience at the major league level that you feel like you may be able to trust going forward. That could assume some of those duties as opposed to in the outfield, you really just don't have the same level of um, major league experience combined with kind of the pedigree that they have. And so I think that this all just comes down to a risk assessment in terms of how much they w- want to actually push this year. And, you know, that's where it gets kind of depressing as a Braves fan, where it's like, are we looking at not necessarily a tank of a season, but like, we're probably just looking at a season. The way I'm looking at it is like, we're just probably looking at a season where these things have gone wrong. There's not a lot you're going to do to make yourself a World Series contender this year in a trade market and in a situation where you don't have a lot of money to add to the payroll. So this is kind of the group you're just going to have to ro- roll with and make as much fun of it as you can. But um, this is going to be it. That's kind of how I'm feeling. I was about to say, I mean, I don't think it's very hot takey of me to say the Braves aren't making any any positive moves at the trade deadline. They're not going to make any splashes. I would honestly, I'm at the point now, I would be shocked. I would be stunned if the Braves make any, any moves at the deadline that benefit them. Because this is not the kind of team that you expect to win a World Series. I mean, my goodness, if you look at previous teams the Braves have had and put together, and the fact of the moves that were made to try to help them win were oftentimes very incremental and things that were going to be helpful, but there, there's been no big splashes made. If there was a, ever a year to make a big splash, I would believe the 2020 season would be that where, you know, we were all, me, you, and Willie P are sitting around talking about, are they going to push for a Mike Clevenger trade or some other type of big deal? And the fact that that didn't happen then, you're looking at a team now who's now down, Marcelo Zuna, Travis Darno, Freddie Freeman's not hitting like he has before. Travis Darno seems like a lifetime ago. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. You know, and, and you're... You're now working with a catcher who great at the great at the plate on offense behind the plate. Whoo, man, there are some mm-hmm. improvements that need to be made, but he's young, so mm-hmm. you understand it. But you combine all of these things with the fact that 
maybe your third baseman who you were potentially ready to trade at one point is one of your best offensive pieces that like no we will we will see i mean right now obviously the Braves being in second in the east and that's only based on the fact that the Mets have played what i think five less games yeah yeah so like combining and, and all, they have a ton of injuries yeah combining all of these things going on I think it's a, it's not even, you can't even look at just your division now because of how the division has ended up playing out. You have to think just to win the division is great, but are there going to be any real playoff push with this team? I say no. And so I've, I've seen different in the past where the Braves had spent money. So there's absolutely no reason this year to spend money. I think I'm with you, Joe. I think this is the exact team even potentially looking at maybe selling off some options and and kicking the can down for the 2022 season is, is unfortunately where we're at where I am I'm back in a position of hey let's let's enjoy the season while we're here but expectations I'm I'm not doing that for the postseason yeah it's it's really tough right now and so I think that there's one thing that the Braves could do to kind of salvage what has been an absolute mess of a season and get a win you know get a dub and that is to sign Freddie Freeman to an extension I think that if anything that this Marcelo Zuna situation has has exposed is like how fortunate the Braves have been over so many years to have somebody like Freddie Freeman that can be kind of the face of the franchise a guy who's going to give you MVP caliber type of offense you know production on the field and also just be a guy who you know, you really trust to be the kind of team leader in the clubhouse, the guy who, you know, is not, you know, obviously going to get in trouble or anything like that. And just, you know, I just feel like his value really comes, you know, it becomes a lot more clearer in the wake of all this. And I think that that would be at least something that could settle the nerves a little bit among the fan base. I mean, I think that the expectations right now among Braves fans are, are as low as, you know, they've ever been since, you know, probably going back to like before 2019, honestly. Um, so the one thing you could possibly do that would, you know, make you feel a little bit better as a Braves fan is to know that one of your best players and, you know, this guy that's been a lifer for the club is locked down and you no longer have to worry about that. Now, to your point about the trade deadline, maybe they do have to sell somebody or, or, or I'm sorry, <laughs> trade a player. I say sell again because of soccer. Transfers. Yeah, no, gotcha. uh, but like, you know, maybe they maybe they get rid of some payroll in order to be able to help them facilitate that deal. But um, I just feel like they have to get that done. If you let this whole season unfold the way it's unfolded. Let's just say it doesn't result in a playoff appearance like is probably going to be the case at this point. Um, and then for, you let Freddie Freeman walk away. Like, what are you doing? What are you doing as a franchise? Like, what what kind of how are you inspiring your fan base at all to get excited about this club if you let this kind of stuff happen? Like, I feel like getting Freddie Freeman signed now is even more important than it's ever been in the past. And it's always been one of the top priorities for this club. I just feel like they cannot let this opportunity, let this moment pass them by and just, you know, continue to operate as they have been. Are you sure? Now I'm, I'm with you, Joe, in that signing Freddie Freeman right now to an extension would be a good distraction, would be a good positive distraction to kind of turn away from the chaos and the negativity that's happened here in just the last weekend, but obviously going back much further than that. Are you sure, though, that 
locking up Freddie Freeman locks up your success long term. I mean, not to I Freddie Freeman is not old by any standards, but I don't know. I think I get caught in in a situation where I keep wondering: Is this deal not done because the Braves don't want the number of years that Freeman's camp does? Mm. I think we we've talked about it a little bit before, and I've been very careful, especially just because you know I don't want to come out hot takey and and see him insane here. But it's not that crazy to think that Freddie Freeman's best days are behind him. I know, like, and I'm not saying he's just going to go off a cliff and he's going to be some terrible player, uh, but I just, I do wonder if those thoughts are, are going on in, in the Braves' minds. However, I am in a position now where the Ozuna news could change that for them. It could, it could be this scramble of, we need some consistency. We need something that we know we're going to have because, I mean, if there's anything, you talk about what this team has. Well, this team has Ronald Acuna. They have a guy who is, what, either leading or currently tied for the most home runs in Major League Baseball. He is the future face. I mean, I say future face. He is the face of this team. I know Freddie Freeman won an MVP just a season ago, and so it seems insane for me to say that. No, I understand what you mean, yeah. Yeah, but like this is this is the moving forward that the Major League Baseball promotions, all of these things, uh, like, he is that guy to carry this team, but it's not, I mean, you know, it's one of those, I, I kind of bounce around, and I'm thinking to myself, it's not like I just want any old person to be playing first base, like, having Freddie Freeman there is huge. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's just... If it were... If if it were if it were uh, Ronald Acuna, for example, just like hypothetically, if it were Ronald Acuna that w- that we were worried about signing a contract that didn't have one locked down, I would just feel the same exact way about it. Yeah, the Braves to me need to lock down their core of players, and I think it's easy to forget actually that that Freddie Freeman is still like somewhat young, like just based on the fact that he's been around so long. He's thirty one years old. Uh, he still has you know we were having a similar conversation about Chipper Jones when he was like thirty five. Uh, yeah. As to like whether the Braves are, should need That's to be fair. giving him a longer contract, so um, you know I, I still think that there's plenty of good years in in Freddie Freeman. He's fit as anything yeah. as anybody out well, there, you know. And he sets he's just like he's such an important figure um, in the club. I, I I mean I'm not saying that you're again like you don't think we need to resign. No. Like well, everybody <laughs> thinks that we need to resign Freddie Freeman, but I just feel like it's something that is even more imperative to get done maybe sooner rather than rather than later i think maybe potentially before a lot of this happened maybe the thinking was we will actually go to the off season we, we will finish the season then try to you know get something done but i think that um now with everything that's transpired it just makes it um to keep fans on board i think it makes a lot of sense to try to you know maybe maybe change your perspective on things to be able to come to an agreement here sooner yeah it's just it's one of those it's, i like i want to talk about it but then not sound like a crazy person where i'm just like oh the atlanta braves don't need freddie freeman <laughs> it's one of those i mean he is a great cornerstone of this team i know you yeah i know what you mean but there is a point where you're kind of like uh, there is going to be an after of freddie freeman you know mm-hmm. and, and and it's one of those and honestly in 2021 freddie freeman's importance to this team has been more about viral you know, views of Charlie Freeman than it has been Freddie himself 
doing stuff. Like, that's that's been more of the discussion, and I know that might cause some people's head to explode for me to say that, but <laughs> it's the truth. And so you, you just, I, I think you have to have that moment of realizing that this isn't a, I'm not giving Freddie Freeman an 8 to 10 year contract like other guys are getting right now. Uh, and I think that's probably what is, is the issue here going on. However, I think in us having this discussion and, and kind of getting it back to where it initially came from is, does Marcel Ozuna's issue cause that to change? I think so. I think I'm with you that I think the Braves are like, yeah, we need to do something uh, because there needs to be that perception change. Otherwise, you end up in a situation like other teams in this same city have had where you go to games and not too many fans in the stands and not too many excitement around the team after you were just like a year ago, Joe, where one went away from the World Series. Like it's just innings away, like outs away, you know? Yeah. It, it's just uh, difficult, difficult you know, to, the, to talk the, about. The Braves are in a situation right now where the waters are extremely choppy and there's yeah. holes in the boat and they're trying to plug these holes and like, you know, get. And to me, that would just be a big stabilizer of a move would be to to get that deal done. But I, you know, I, I agree with you. Obviously, there's, you know, that the reason why it's not done yet is because obviously the Braves are concerned about, you know, the ramifications that that signing will have. Going forward, so anyway, I just want to kind of put that out there. I, no. I think it's and something that comes into light even more um, at this point in time, considering what a absolutely tumultuous weekend it was. And we haven't even touched about the on the Braves losing thirteen to two to the division leader. <laughs> but you know, it almost seems kind of trivial to talk about baseball with all of this going on. But you know, at least they didn't. At least they didn't have to face the Graham. I guess the next day on Sunday, maybe that's the one. The one you know silver lining to it all, but. Yeah, yeah, what a what a rough, rough, rough weekend. It's 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 been so bizarre just because I I think that the Braves have played four games since we last talked a week ago, <laughs> yeah. which just is bizarre because you obviously had the the additional days off that were already scheduled. You get two games that get rained out. You're right in that. Luckily for the Braves, they get to avoid Degrom but also had to deal with Drew Smiley. Oh, shocker, once again, he doesn't look great. And then Ian Anderson being off. It's just, it's like, come on. That's why, I mean, it's one of those, we're right back to having the discussion of, I've been been saying for a while that Ian Anderson was the consistent piece on this team, especially, you know, as far as pitching goes. But you, I think, Joe, you had been kind of pushing me and that, no, we really need to be looking at Charlie Morton. And then what do we get? We get two wins this week from the Braves. Both happen with Charlie Morton on the mound because he was consistent enough outside of, I think he had one bad inning, mm-hmm. uh, a fourth you know, fourth inning that kind of got away from him a little bit, similar to what we've seen from him in the past, where his numbers are truly much better than what was the production on the field. Uh, he's been another thing kind of holding this pitching staff together is they you talk about i mean choppy waters i'm thinking this is uh <laughs> this is bad storms yeah you exactly. know choppy waters <laughs> this is you know getting towards uh we're, we're we're 
approaching tropical storm, not yet at hurricane mm-hmm. type <laughs> waters that is that has been just so difficult for the Braves to overcome, and and yet they have an opportunity to tonight to put a couple wins together again with Max Freed, who cross your fingers continues to look good and doesn't regress like uh everything yeah, is so up I in know. the air i know and you know <laughs> thank thank goodness max freed has looked better since he came back from yeah. that early season injury um and he is a guy who tends to pitch better when he's on long rest but this is like extremely long rest for him i think he's on like six days or seven days or something like that because he got pushed back a couple times so um but you know brian snicker actually talked about it last night said he's still you know, feels confident he'll get the same guy. But yeah, I mean, this is an opportunity for them to, to rack up some wins here at home. Again, they've been playing a lot of home games early on the on the season here, and they honestly have not really taken advantage of it. Like you, you know, might expect a team to play at home. So uh, yeah. fortunately, they actually have been a little bit better on the road than a lot of teams in baseball. So um, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's so weird because right now with the the lack of games having been played, and obviously this whole Ozuna situation kind of bubbling up and kind of you know, putting a, a shadow over everything. It's like almost hard to remember what is actually going on in the season with the Braves. And like last night almost felt like watching the twilight zone or something happen <laughs> where like the Braves are just like continuing to play games, despite the fact that, you know, this huge story is kind of uh, looming over everything that's going on. Yeah. Well, so I guess as, as far as games, you, you talk about this as a stretch that the Braves can rack up some wins Joe, they got to play the Dodgers this week. Yeah, well, after this national <laughs> series, it gets yeah, it's not it's not pretty. It's not pretty. No, I, I think that's one of those tough situations where you've got you know a, a division opponent that you're going to finish out with three more games, and then you move on to the Dodgers, and then you talk about oh, the Braves really haven't had too many road games. Well, then they get that test next week mm-hmm. at Philly and at Miami. So it's just. Uh, uh, I feel like every time we come in and discuss, it's like, let's see what they do this week. <laughs> yeah, I know. Seriously, uh, like you don't yeah. know whether it's going to be, it's like a, st- it's like going, just going up and down like crazy. Like they've had so many streaks of like losing four in a row, winning four in a row, lo- or losing three, winning three, you know, it's been crazy. And it just seems like every time, like right now they're at 25 and 26, one game below 500. seems like every time they get to that 500 mark, it's like a dip down again. It's like, they just can't break that barrier. So maybe we'll see that, but. Yeah. Who knows? Right now, I'm like uh, my 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 mode is totally changed watching this team. Where it's like I'm uh, like again, just after the one game last night, it's like I'm not actually as like stressed about whether they're going to win or lose a game. I'm just like trying to just like take the games for what they are now, <laughs> because um, yeah, it's just yeah, your mode, well, your your mindset kind of changes after everything that happened. That's why I was saying earlier, I am no longer looking at the Atlanta Braves for aspirations and going this is a team that could achieve x i am now back at you know let's uh let, let's have fun out there boys <laughs> let, let's let's have a good time you know i i think uh i think it'll be a, probably a little bit easier if as a as a fan if i want to go to a couple of games and you know just sit in the upper deck and enjoy things not take it so seriously mm-hmm. because why bother why Honestly, for anyone out there who is a diehard Braves fan or just a you know an, an average Braves fan, semi interested or whatever, don't stress over this team. Don't do it, John Chuckery. Don't go out there ready to blow a gasket <laughs> over a, a 
you know, a decision that Brian Snicker has made, I feel like, Joe, you and I, it's going to be very difficult for us to come on here and be like, well, Joe, I mean, come on. I know. That move yeah. that Snit did last night. Yeah. I mean, what is he thinking? <laughs> now, I've seen some of that happen on Braves Twitter a little bit, but I feel like we are going to get to a point where it's just, uh, let's appreciate this, guys. Let's Let's have fun. We... You know, Ronald Acuna, man, what a guy. Yeah, right. What a guy. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's a, it's unfortunate, but it is, it's honest in where we are. Uh, is there anything, Joe, you want to add before we get out of here? No, well, I wanted to I, uh, get out of here. There was one thing we want to talk about that you had mentioned brought up oh, before, that's right. the, yeah. before we, we started, which was like fans coming back in the stadium. I'm interested to have this conversation. We will try not to keep it too long. Uh, I think no, we've been going for about 45 minutes. We can keep yeah. it under an hour for sure. But um, yeah, well, lead us off here. Okay, so that's you are right, and I'm glad you mentioned this because uh, I had kind of, I guess, slightly forgotten with all of the the bad news that we're kind of getting through is is something I've been seeing, and I think well, not just me, everyone's been seeing is we are reaching a point where fans back in the stands, and now specifically in the NBA, and I think partially has to do with the fact that in the NBA specifically, fans are closer to the action that they are in Major League Baseball, but we're getting all all of these, you know, popcorn being thrown, a water bottle was thrown at Kyrie Irving the other night, uh, a fan, I believe it was last night, ran out onto the court of one of the games, Trey Young, Atlanta Zone, was spit on at a game in New York. I am, I, I was curious of... Joe, do you see this as something that's going to come to Major League Baseball? Like, are we going to see fans back streaking on the field or running across the field and and hear those stories again of fans, you know, shouting offensive things at players? Uh, or is this something that might be a little bit slower to come back to, to Major League Baseball? I don't think we'll see that kind of stuff happen in Atlanta. I think that just because of the culture of like people in the South and 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 Braves fans. I mean, obviously, we know that Braves fans are not shy to throw things on the field. Um, yeah. Usually, that yeah. happens in the context of you know a decision going against them. It's not usually something visceral against like a certain player or something like that. My take on all this is much more broad philosophically, which goes all the way it is related to the pandemic and the fact that we have lived our lives and everybody sports fans athletes athletes maybe less so but a lot of people just essentially have been living like a digital life for a matter of a year or more um and not having a lot of that in-person interaction and honestly like and i think with a lot of things that have happened um there's a feeling that people are sensing that there's um not as much of like culpability for for bad actions that that they that you do and on when you're online especially it's like you can just taunt somebody to until your heart's desire and nobody's going to come down on you and then when you do that in real life um you know that can lead the taunts can then lead to physical abuses like spitting on somebody or something like that and before you know it you're a you, you know you're you're essentially like criminal activity that you're participating in and i'm not saying that like you know i think that like the people who do this are like pretty disgusting people who (laughs) it's it's just like not right whatsoever but i do think that um just living our lives digitally and 
I think that like part of coming back together as people and congregating and stuff like that, I think that that is a reason why we're seeing a lot of this bad behavior amongst fans take place. So I wanted to take it in the direction of actually something that Trey Young tweeted about a couple of nights ago, uh, or it may have been last night, honestly. It's It's been the type of weekend that days have blurred together as sleep schedules have been very erratic. But what, what I will say is he tweeted about the fan who ran onto the court. Now they're just looking for attention. And it stuck to me mm. because I was like, what have we just had happen? We've had a year where everyone has been a lot of the time stuck in their house, stuck in a singular singular environment, not having the normal interactions that that you would typically have. So, and you know, I, I feel it's one of those. I'm lucky in that I I was married through the pandemic, so I always had someone to talk to, to you know, voice whatever was going on in my head with, but. Not everyone has that, and I fully understand that. And so I honestly wondered, when we're seeing all of these things happen with fan interactions at sporting events now, is is this like a, I mean, I mean in, in, in a way of saying it, like a cry for help of like, hey, I haven't been getting attention, and so this is my time. I think I, t- I told you, Joe, about my first time being at a Braves game where I was sitting in front of a couple of guys who just were randomly yelling, I mean, random things too, and just at random times, were just yelling out, and it was, I kind of joked that, well, they've been cooped up and haven't been able to just go outside and yell, Mm -hmm. Uh, and so you mix that with any interaction that fans have had with the game has been through a screen, Mm -hmm. when if, I mean, I guess if you want to throw popcorn at your TV throw a water bottle at your TV, you could do that and probably go viral for it on some, you know, or the guys who run through their TVs after their team loses the Super Bowl, I think of, but changing that to being in person. And uh, I think it's unfortunate that it's kind of brought out these, this dark side of people who feel that it's either okay or have just had this like bottled up and want to go to a sporting event and, and let it out. Uh, it's, it's when I see it, I think, guys, do you not realize how, how, how thankful we should be that we're back at games in arenas, in stadiums. And so to see these type of interactions go down, I just, I just want to smack them upside their head and like, (laughs) come on, you know, Trey, Trey makes a really wise point there that, that I think he's right. That a lot of it, a lot of it, especially as it relates to like, you know, Fans trying to get themselves on the court or interact with athletes in some way, even if it isn't like an antagonistic relate, you know, um, interaction. I, I do think that it probably is a lot of tension driven, and in, in a in a world where you know traditional ways to you know have have a public spotlight on yourself, like through traditional like um, media platforms and things like that. Now with like TikTok and just social media in general, it's like anybody yeah. can be a celebrity by doing any crazy thing. It reminds me of like the woman at the at the Hawks game. Uh, who was doing the whole taunting of LeBron when they yeah. first came back? Like, I think that that's totally what that was. She was trying to be make herself a little celebrity, uh, you know, get something out of that. I do think that that has a big part of it, and it's a shame. It's a shame that they're kind of interrupting it for a lot of the other fans who you know are really just there to to you know 
watch great athletes, you know, do their thing and, and have a good time. And I, and I, I feel like it gives a lot of fans a bad rap to see, you know, when one fan does something that like that, you can totally see why an athlete would, you know, take issue with, with, with a fan running on the court or something. And then it's like, you know, just pay, you know, it's, it's just one of those things where uh, you, you don't like to see it. I think I'm honestly just shocked at it. And I think the reason why I kind of brought it up is because obviously the instances we're giving are from other sports outside of Major League Baseball. I'm honestly surprised because Major League Baseball was like the first sport or one of the first sports to say full capacity stadiums that it hasn't happened there. Like we haven't mm-hmm. had the fans running onto the field. We haven't had any. I think of like Adam Jones situations where players going and being like, yeah, I had these things, these offensive things said to me that instead it's uh, it's it's happened, I guess, where fans are closer. And, and maybe that's just the difference that it's made right now. Uh, it's just interesting to me in that way. And also just, I mean, obviously, from a general sense, a very uh, unfortunate that it's going on. And and I think it was mainly wanting to bring it here as just a uh, please realize <laughs> You know, how special it is, how incredible it is to go to a game and to get to be around a whole bunch of people and and to watch a live sporting event that don't mess it up uh, and don't mess it up for yourself by getting involved in something stupid. And I'll be the first one to say, like, I have no issue and I've done it before as a fan to like boo the other team and like try to make it feel as hostile as possible. But like, obviously there's a line between, you know, shouting things that are like actually offensive, whether it be like racially or otherwise versus, you know, just like, you know, you want to be in, you know, create an intimidating atmosphere. So there's like, a fine line there, but you know, I'm all about, you know, I'm, I'm a sports fan through and through. And so, you know, I'm, I, I, I like trying to, you know, I remember going out with friends going to Hawks games and like, um, they would put the fanatical, we were in like the fanatical fan section. They would put us, move us down right behind the opponent's bench so that we could, you know, make fun of them, uh, try to, try to like fake them out. Like we're giving them a, a high five and then pull our hand away and then like yeah. see them get mad like that kind of thing. So I, I'm all about that kind of thing, but obviously, uh, keep it respectful. I think just overall getting these fans back together, it's just like one of the general, I think there's just going to be a little bit of friction in terms of resuming life as normal. I think it was always kind of maybe um cl- head in the sky to think that like all of a sudden yeah. it's like we're going to snap our fingers and life is going to be exactly how it was i think there's just obviously there's going to be a little bit of friction and stumbling in terms of getting ourselves back to kind of normal order in society but um hopefully it happens sooner rather than later i think it was very much so head in the sky of me to think that when we all got back that you know it was going to be you know very polite clapping <laughs> and let's go we're all thankful to be back here and it's like Nah, we know reality is people are going to act how they want. And I think uh, we also get reminded of and and players have to say that, hey, just because you buy that ticket doesn't allow you to just do whatever you want. Uh, And it's it seems like here recently that people have have needed that refresher and that reminder of things. Wet wet, hot American summer 2021. It's just going to be wild. It's going to (laughs) be it's going to be insane. (laughs) Anything else before we get out of here? No, I think that's it. That was just, uh, uh, you know, kind of as a reminder, tonight we'll, like I said, we'll get to see Max Fried out there, uh, finish up the series with the Nationals, go on and host the Dodgers, which uh, we're going to get to, theoretically, if everything lines up right, Joe, we're going to get to see Trevor Bauer in mm. Atlanta, which 
should be interesting. That uh, that Sunday game, I think, right now is lined up for it. Mm, nice. Talk so, about talk talk about fans being. Yeah. <laughs> maybe if there was yeah. ever one case where the Braves fans are going to go crazy, it'll be a Trevor Bauer. So yeah, something to keep an eye on there. But like always, everyone, thank you for watching us on Facebook Live. Thank you for checking us out on either the Odyssey app or wherever you listen to podcasts. Just search Batter Up and find us. Uh, subscribe, download, all of that fun stuff, as we always like you to you know, make those numbers look really good for us so that we can eventually show this to our bosses and go on and, and, and do better things. But thanks again for watching, and uh, you all have a great week. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.